0: Hello and welcome to Strictly Horror, a marital tour of monsters, murder, and mommy issues. I'm Allie,
1: And I'm Tate. And today we'll be talking about The Shining, directed by Stanley Kubert, released in 1980.
0: Okay, Tate, so for those listeners who either haven't seen the movie or need a refresher, can you give us a quick run-through of what happens in it?
1: So this movie is about Jack Torrance, his wife Wendy, and their son Danny. Jack is offered a job taking care of the Overlook Hotel which is a big hotel with a even bigger history. So they go up to the hotel. Jack intends to do some writing during the isolated winter months that they'll be taking care of the hotel. And that is when Danny first meets Dick Holloran. And Dick Holloran kind of helps explain some of the things that have been happening to Danny, in which he calls The Shining, which is some kind of psychic ability that allows them to speak to each other telepathically even over great distances as well as see things that will happen in the future as well as see ghosts from the past and oh trust me the overlook has a bunch of ghosts that they will be seeing so shortly after we get this first encounter of danny and holovan Everybody leaves it all alone, and then we pretty much immediately skip to a month in the future. Now, this is when things kind of start to pick up, I guess. You start to see more. It first starts off slow with kind of little things you'll notice, and not a lot happening. But as you can see, isolation has really been getting to the family. Jack is becoming more agitated. Wendy and Danny are... I guess becoming more bored. Danny's riding his tricycle through hallways. Wendy's kind of trying to help Jack, but Jack doesn't seem to want her help. In which case, Jack, who has been sober, which he says for now five months, is at a bar and he's talking to someone, even though there's nobody there. In which he offers him a drink that Jack accepts. And then that's when things really start to pick up. Jack becomes a lot more agitated more and more. He starts talking to this mysterious ghost bartender more. He starts to see other people as well. And this is when Danny starts to see a lot more people as well as Wendy. Now, the movie hits a real turning point. When Jack is right at his desk, he's sleeping, he starts screaming. While he's sleeping... And Wendy is downstairs taking care of the furnace and doing some daily chores. Danny goes into the room 237. Now in 237, Danny sees a ghost, presumably. We don't see his initial encounter in 237. But Wendy hears Jack screaming. And when she goes up to check on him, Danny walks into the room. After Jack has said he had an awful dream that he had just killed Wendy and Danny. And Danny has bruises all over his neck as if someone had been strangling him. Now Wendy believes that Jack was the one who did this and gets mad, says that he did this. They ran off. She's now very paranoid of Jack. And Danny then explains to Wendy that it was a lady in room 237. So then Wendy goes to Jack with this very nervous because there's somebody else in the hotel with them. When Jack then goes to the room, Jack sees the ghost in 237, which first appears as a beautiful lady naked coming out of the bathtub. Then they proceed to get intimate. Jack looks up into the mirror and then he sees that she's very decayed and she's actually an old, decaying lady. In which case, he runs out of the room, goes to Wendy and says that nobody was in the room. There's no lady. Which kind of helps raise Wendy's suspicions again that it actually was Jack. Even though Jack is saying that Danny had done this to himself. And then we kind of get a quick pause. Then it goes to Wendy and Danny sitting in the room watching cartoons. Wendy goes to check on Jack when she goes and checks on Jack, she sees the book that Jack has been trying to write, which he has written over and over. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy over and over again, over, I believe it was like 500 pages they had typed out for this movie.
0: Which I think is very impressive.
1: And the thing is, typewriters at this time had an auto-typing feature that they could type in a sentence and have it be repeated. But when you look at the pages, there is spelling errors. You can see that somebody missed hit a key. There'll be a period before the Y. And then with all these errors, it's obvious that they didn't have the typewriter to do it automatically, that they actually had somebody sitting there typing it out.
0: And that's probably why it scared her even more. She was really freaked out by it, right?
1: Yeah, which I mean... The fact that somebody actually typed it out is more of a production.
0: Well, no, but and I was, like I'm I'm assuming that Wendy knew that it could be repeated and she saw that they were all a little bit different so she knew that Jack sa- sat there and spent all this time typing all that out.
1: All work and no play makes Jack a doll boy on one line sometimes it's like paragraphs with it just repeated and spaces. Sometimes it kind of makes a triangle shape. It's very uneven and obviously hand done. So, right after this, Jack comes out and asks if Wendy likes the writing that he's been doing. In which case, Wendy starts backing up scared. She's holding a baseball bat. Jack is chasing him upstairs. So, as Wendy is reading these notes of Jack's writing, Jack comes out and confronts her and says, Oh, do you like the writing I've been doing? And he's obviously looks very crazed. And... Wendy starts to back up and go towards the staircase in the other side of the room. And as they walk up the stairs, Jack says that he would never hurt her over and over again. And then Wendy keeps on cutting him off, and Jack says, just let me finish. He says, I would never hurt you, I just want to bash your brains in. And he keeps on repeating that over and over again. I said, I'm not
0: going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash him right the fuck in.
1: (laughs) And then at that point, Wendy hits Jack over the head with the baseball bat, knocking him down the stairs, and then Wendy drags Jack to the kitchen. She locks him in the walk-in fridge. At this point, Wendy's trying to get Danny out of the hotel, but the radio's down, the phone lines are down, and Jack has tampered with the snowcat, so they're unable to get out. And they are now trapped there with him. And as this is happening... Jack is having a conversation with his bartender friend about how the bartender believes that Wendy and Danny are too much for him and he's not capable. We cut back to Jack in the walk-in fridge and Jack is talking to Grady, one of the ghosts that we have been seeing throughout the movie up to this point. And Grady talks about how Jack isn't capable of killing his wife and taking care of Danny and how he's going to have to do it himself. But then Jack tries to convince Grady that he can do it. He is able and capable of doing it and to give him another chance. He just needs to get out. So Grady lets him out of the walk-in cooler. And I guess for some reason, Wendy has calmed down about Jack's murderous tensions and she's sleeping. In which case, Danny takes lipstick and writes red rum on the bathroom door.
0: Red rum!
1: Now, he then wakes up his mom, Wendy, and when she sees in the mirror, the writing on the door is actually murder spilt backwards. She freaks out, and as she's freaking out, she hears Jack start trying to chop down the door with an axe. Little pigs, little pigs let me come in
0: not by the hair on your chinny chin chin then i'll huff
1: and i'll puff and i'll blow your house in so at this point they run into the bathroom wendy gets danny out of the window but she's incapable she's incapable of getting through the window herself so then she hides in the corner as Jack chops through the bathroom door with the axe at this point Jack hears another snowcat pulls up and he goes to investigate which turns out it is Dick Halloran who has come because he fears that Danny is in trouble Dick and Jack have a small altercation Wendy escapes Danny and Jack run around for a bit they end up in the snowy maze outside Danny does some clever footwork, and then Jack ends up becoming trapped in the maze as Wendy and Danny escape. Which leads us to the end of the movie that most people have seen.
0: Okay, so does that mean that there's more than one ending?
1: Um, yes. This is originally where the movie wasn't planned to end, but they had ended up cutting the actual ending of the movie after the first week of filming. Because they felt that it created too many twists. And that it would have been better if they just ended the movie early. So what they had done is they had all the theaters who had a copy of the movie. Cut out the last part of the movie and send it back to them. And after they were sent back Stanley Kubrick actually burned all of them so there's no copies of the actual ending of this movie how we see the ending is Jack is frozen to death in the maze and he appears in the photograph because he's part of the hotel anyways so how it originally ended is after that it shows Wendy and Danny in a hospital talking to the owner of the hotel saying how they had went to the hotel and Jack's body was not there It was not in the maze it wasn't anywhere and there's no signs that anything strange has happened in the hotel at all and then the screen cuts to black I believe there's writing on the screen I forget what that says but that is how no I think it just says that like the overlook continued to operate and had somebody take care of it every winter and they decided that that was too much of a twist at the end of a movie that already had enough kind of twists
0: Okay, Tate, so this is about your, what, one millionth time watching this movie? What do you think?
1: I still really enjoy this movie, even after I've seen it many times. I always notice kind of new things, little details that you don't notice before. This movie is filled with a lot of information, especially information and things that you don't necessarily show and they don't actively yell out at you. So what did you think about this movie having not experienced it as many times as I have?
0: So the movie is a classic and I enjoyed it the first time and of course the second time and I always learn more about it. You know the more times you watch a movie you like you said you find more things about it and there, there is a lot of information and I learned a lot of new things the second time around especially from you telling me like oh that is Jack in the picture at the end or just little things. and. And it was, it was good. It was a classic, and I, I'd I never seen it until this year. So I've watched it twice this year so far. And I've enjoyed it both times, and I think it is a must-watch on everybody's
1: horror list. I think this is a movie that everybody needs to see at some point. There are so many iconic scenes from this movie. There's so many iconic sayings and phrases that have been repeated through other shows.
0: Which I don't understand, because it's... He goes through the door with his head and he's like, here's Johnny, but why? His name's not Johnny. Nobody in that household is named Johnny. What?
1: That's actually a line from a game show that Jack Nicholson, the actor who played Jack Torrance, had watched and liked because he completely improvised that line. Here's Johnny was not a scripted line. He just burst through the door and said it and...
0: It always seems like lines that are improvised become the iconic ones, which is pretty cool.
1: I think that's because they're more out there. They stand out more on their own.
0: Yeah, and they're more genuine, too, because they're improvised. They come from somebody, you know, the actor, not the character.
1: Talking about this amazing scene of cutting through doors, Jack Nicholson, when they first started the scene, a prop team had made doors that were easier to cut down, so obviously an actor's not trying to cut through a real door over and over again
0: that way he's not embarrassed because he's really bad at cutting things down
1: well turns out he's very good at cutting down doors oh no jack nicholson has actually volunteered as a fire marshal and he's been trained to cut down doors and he is really good at cutting down doors so the prop team actually had to design a door that was reinforced and stronger than (laughs) a normal door because he was so good at cutting them down And filming that scene took three days and around 60 doors. There was a lot of door changes in between takes.
0: And I guess they really wanted him to cut in one specific area kind of thing. Like, they wanted him to have just a peephole.
1: Yes, but this is also kind of a directing style of Stanley Kubrick.
0: Oh, he's a perfectionist.
1: No. He is a very kind of sadistic type person, I would say.
0: He's an asshole.
1: Yeah, like, this movie... I don't know if it still holds it, but it had a Guinness World Record for the most retakes.
0: Oh, wow.
1: The scene that Wendy's walking backwards up the stairs with a baseball bat, he made her do it 127 times in a row.
0: Oh my god.
1: In order to get what he called a more authentic performance by just wearing her down. He constantly verbally abused her. She cried so many times on set that she had to be consistently drinking water to fight dehydration. Oh, God. He told the cast and crew to isolate her and not talk to her when they're not filming.
0: So that she feels more in character.
1: Essentially just abused and tormented this actress. Just so he can get a more authentic shot of what he felt the movie would be like.
0: Just get a better actor. Like, you know, I feel like if you really need to go through all of that just to make it more authentic, why don't you just get someone who can be authentic instead of harming this poor girl? I mean, it wasn't marvelous. She did an amazing job, but they probably could have stopped at take five.
1: They probably could have, but I mean, there's only so much an actor or actress can do when acting. But seeing the actual worn down nature of somebody, seeing them when she's swinging that bat and she's so tired she can hardly swing the bat. She's not talking clearly anymore. She's tired. She's just worn down. And no matter how well you act, it's very hard to get that kind of performance out of somebody. Which doesn't make it okay how he directed this or how he treated them.
0: Okay, so they tortured the actress who played Wendy, but what about the child that played Dan?
1: This is where this actually takes a drastic turn. So during the whole filming of this movie, Danny didn't even know that he was in a horror movie. No. They told him that this was a drama. They were filming a drama. It wasn't a horror movie. Oh, okay. Up until he was actually older and seen the movie when he was about 16, did he realize it was actually a horror movie.
0: So they basically kept his innocence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tried to keep his innocence intact. That's nice.
1: Yeah, like, he was told it was a drama. Throughout the whole thing. He didn't see anything on set that made him feel like it was a horror movie or scary.
0: I guess, yeah. So they added this scary lady in post.
1: Well, we don't actually see a scene that shows Danny and the scary lady together. They don't actually show that on camera. And that was one way to kind of help him.
0: To not be so afraid, which is good too. You don't want to scar a poor child. I was like, man, this kid so close in contact with this scary lady.
1: Which is kind of funny because they did all these scenes not to scar Danny and he does such an amazing performance. But this is the only movie he's actually in.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, he did really good. Like scenes where he's supposed to be afraid, like deathly afraid because he's seeing things. He was amazing. Like for a child actor, especially in that time.
1: He was definitely an amazing child actor, but after this movie, he filmed a TV movie two years later, and that was the last project he ever did for the film industry. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. In an interview, they had said that he kind of focused more on school and not so much...
0: He was a one-timer and wasn't too worried about making it big.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, Danny now is actually a science teacher and a pig farmer.
0: Oh my goodness, really?
1: I mean, it's a real change of scenery from... The film industry.
0: So one thing I did notice was this big TARDIS continuity issue going on, where when you first see the hotel grounds, you don't see a maze. And then when you first see the maze, you see a map and then the maze is shaped different. And then there's a mini model of the maze in the hotel that is also different from the map and the maze itself. And in the hotel, there is this massive kind of ballroom bar whatever and it takes up basically this entire hotel and i'm wondering how on earth that could fit in there and the hallways always and the hallways never really make sense with the ways that they go and so i'm wondering what they did with that, if it was intentional, if it was the hotel playing on the minds of everybody and playing around with them, because it is mentioned in the movie that the hotel itself has that shining as well. And uh, and I'm wondering, like, maybe there's a continuity error or they, they decided one maze was good, and then they were like, no, let's change it up for this model, and let's change it up for the real thing. And let's change up the hallways because let's just make it so confusing that the viewer can never understand how to get back to a certain area of it. And I'm just so confused.
1: I feel like some of it is kind of due to kind of continuity. Like the giant ballroom, I feel like they didn't make that. They wanted that to be in the hotel. But I think the maze qualities of the hallways and the actual maze itself, how it changes every time it shows an overhead view of it is more intentional to kind of show
0: to show how the hotel is messing with everybody yeah so what about the hallways though do you think that right now you could get a pen and paper out and draw me a map from their apartment that they were staying in to the main spot where jack was writing after seeing it a million times
1: not an Anyway, could I draw you a map of what the hotel was like? There were so many weird staircases and hallways and different kind of areas of this hotel that it makes zero sense.
0: Honestly, right? And so early on, Wendy and Danny go in the maze and they're going for a walk and they somehow make it out, I guess, because it later on, like once they've gone through the maze for a little bit and we see them take a bunch of turns and hit the middle And then it just skips to, like, the next day or the two days later or something, right? I think it was, like, on a Wednesday and it went to Thursday or something. And anyway, uh, it was like, okay, I was kind of hoping it would show them getting out. And I'm wondering how they even got out, if I can't even get out looking at a map of it. And I'm wondering just what went on there. I was hoping that they would show us Danny kind of leading them out. Of him being like, "Mm, let me use my little superpower here and let's take a right or let's go left, you know, but he never really did.
1: I think that that would be adding kind of too much of a supernatural kind of aspect to the movie. The Shining is a big part of the movie, but it's not very focused as, oh, this is the superpower that he has and he controls and he uses it to find his way around things. It's more of a passive ability than an active one.
0: So he can't really choose to use it. It just happens.
1: Well, you're talking about the maze. Another point is when they were filming, they actually didn't have this luxury of a giant snowstorm. When they were filming this movie, in order to get the giant snow scenes for the end of the movie, they used 900 tons of salt and crushed up styrofoam in order to use as fake snow.
0: Okay, so this snowstorm was intentional.
1: Yes. Well, at least all the snow on the ground that you see is all intentional and probably would have been less than pleasant for filming it.
0: That's true. I mean, walking through that much salt, though, wouldn't that get less than pleasant?
1: I mean, I'm sure a lot of the calves was pretty salty at this point between all the retakes and everything that they had to do.
0: So the iconic room 237 is the one with the most scary monsters in it, and supposed to be the big bad, right? Of course, Danny's afraid. What about to see Sally? Dick tells him at the beginning, don't go into that room. It's none of your business. There's nothing in there, but you have no business being there, so do not. And Danny's afraid the first time he sees it, so he doesn't go in. But later on, he does decide to go in. And then he sees the big bad, right? But for that room... They actually don't have a room 237 in that hotel. So they made it. So they changed the room number from 217 to 237 so that they could have the big bad be in there and not lose business to it. Because for some reason they thought that if this movie got big, people would be afraid to go stay in there. But in my opinion... Like, aren't most people more excited to go stay somewhere if there's something bad that happened there or there's a film made about it? Don't people want to be in that room?
1: I feel like in the world there's people who like horror movies and would want to go stay in the supposedly haunted room, and then there's other people who wouldn't. And I feel like the people who wouldn't vastly outnumber the big horror fans that would love to experience that.
0: See, and that's the difference between you and me. I would never stay there, but you'd be all for it.
1: Another little kind of interesting point in the movie is a very iconic line that you see in the movie is, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Now, depending on where you're from, that line is actually different. So, for example, if you live in Germany or you speak German, the line was, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. And in Italy, when the movie was released, the line read, he who wakes up early meets a golden day.
0: That's cute. It all kind of rhymes together.
1: Well, they all don't make any sense in real life.
0: Well, the second one did.
1: Yes, but how does that pertain to the movie in any way, shape, or form?
0: Okay, yeah, that's fair. And for these um, movies being released in Germany and Italy, did they redo the script? Like, the script that he had written out, or the book that he wrote? Yeah, those
1: were all recreated. And one thing about it that would really suck is the actual manuscript that says All Work and No Play makes Jack a doll boy. There's no actual request to have that be made by a prop company. And due to spelling errors, we know it's most likely not done by a machine. It's done by somebody actually typing.
0: So they made the actor do it himself?
1: There's actually footage of Stanley Kubrick, the director, typing on the typewriter out those scenes. So he most likely, it's not confirmed but most likely typed out 500 pages of all work and no play makes jack a doll boy
0: oh my goodness see that's commitment i guess he's putting pressure on himself as well as the actors which makes me feel a little better for them
1: it definitely makes his filming style shine why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here and it shows like dedication because he put in a lot of work to these movies the elevator scene that the elevator opens and the blood pours out they took him I think three days just to set that scene up and they filmed it how many times and the glucose and the blood from it coming out was causing short circuits and power and camera equipment. It was causing all kinds of problems, but they did it over and over again so he could get the perfect shot.
0: And that's real blood, right?
1: Yes. There are a lot of like blood substitutes that they can use, but he wanted to go for real blood for a more authentic feeling.
0: What species of blood is it?
1: I don't know. So... I've both read this book and seen this movie. Okay. And there are definitely some differences between the two. Okay, so Stephen King actually wrote the original screenplay for this. Oh, okay. But Kubrick didn't like it.
0: What? Well, that's just not... Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. Does he really have a say? I guess he's the director, but on the same note, it's Stephen King's book.
1: So Kubrick actually went to a different writer who also wrote horror... To get her to write the screenplay. Stephen King really seen this as a backhand to him. And he really didn't like the movie because he felt like... He took a lot away from the movie compared to the book.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And there's some obvious differences. Like, in the book, Jack uses a giant wooden mallet. Like a croquet mallet instead of an axe.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And they decide to go with an axe because that's scarier. Yeah, it is. But, like, in the movie... They wanted Dick Halloran to live. Oh. But in the book, he and Jack have the confrontation and he gets beat up with this giant wooden mallet.
0: Ooh. See, that would be more gruesome, I think, than an axe, though.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) But the problem is they switch it to an axe because it seems scarier. Now, how do you get attacked by an axe and still live? Oh. So they ended up having to kill off haloran even though they wanted him to live
0: but i'm not gonna lie though i did expect him to not quite get hit in the chest and still get up and have to do like one last minute surprise i am not dead i'm gonna save you guys from jack kind of thing
1: that was a solid hit by the axe
0: yeah it it really was but you would think like they could have i think they could have worked around that and Gone for, like, a hit to the leg or something ridiculous, and then him running away because he's still trying to find his family to kill them.
1: Generic horror movie stuff. There's always, like, a last kind of stand from either the hero or the villain.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we got a double tap.
1: <laughs> Another big difference that you'll notice between the movie and the book mm-hmm. is the way that Jack dies. Okay. So... In the movie, Jack freezes to death in the maze. Yes. In the book, Jack takes the wooden mallet and bashes his own head in. Ooh. Then, proceeding after bashing his head in to continue to chase Danny around the hotel.
0: And his head's, like, smushed?
1: Oh, yeah, his head's, like, fallen apart and destroyed.
0: Like the Doctor Who episode where they rob the bank and they have that monster that can...
1: It's a bit more gruesome than just the little head divot the monster gives them, but yes. Okay,
0: okay. Okay.
1: And so how the book ends is the hotel blows up. Oh. The water heater blows up. It lights the whole hotel on fire.
0: So it's done then and there.
1: Done then and there. Okay. Now in the movie, the mm-hmm. hotel doesn't burn. Yeah. Which is ironic because two of the three sets that they filmed the movie on yeah. that weren't on location actually burnt down.
0: <laughs> Wait, What? <laughs>
1: Almost burned down the third one, but it never actually did burn down the third one. But the two that burned down cost over $2.5 million in damage.
0: Wait, was it their fault? Were they burning down buildings?
1: The thing is, they don't know what caused the fire. And they still don't know why the fire started.
0: Oh, because the ghosts didn't want it filmed there. They said, you know what? There's a better location. Let's just burn this one down on them.
1: Well, these were just like movie sets, like giant warehouses that they built fake rooms in. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you it was Stephen King.
0: Oh my god, it probably was.
1: He, he was probably saltier than the end scene of the movie.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, Let's probably. be real here. Oh my goodness. Now, mm-hmm.
1: even though this is an amazing movie, it has more than its fair share of continuity errors of and course. general errors that you see.
0: Okay. Which is weird, because I haven't seen any. And usually I'm the one that's like, oh, continuity. But I I guess I was too engulfed in it.
1: I yes, but like... So when Jack makes a toast at the bar, he says he's being sober for five miserable months.
0: Here's to five miserable months on the wagon. And all the irreparable harm that it's caused me.
1: Now... When they first get to the hotel, Wendy states that he's been sober for five months. Yes. They've been at the hotel for at least over a month.
0: Yeah, there was a...
1: He's been sober for at least six months at this point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Unless he was lying to her or something, but...
1: Maybe. What...
0: But what I also don't understand is when Wendy was talking to that therapist about how um, about how Jack had hurt Danny's arm, then she said it happened like five months ago or she said something about how it it only happened five months ago and then he got sober right away. And then he and then Jack later on in the movie says, oh, well, that was three years ago.
1: He's not very good at keeping time, I guess, or his sobriety. One of the two. Both. Both. OK. Another big one is. During the Here jo- here's Johnny scene, one of the most iconic scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. He, drops, he chops through one of the panels in the door, sticks his head through, says here's Johnny. Here's
0: Johnny! Yes.
1: Then he hears a snow cat. And then he turns around. And when shows him turning around, both panels are missing from the door.
0: That one I did notice, but I guess my mind just went to, oh, he must have chopped that down, you know, off camera. Like, it's fine.
1: I mean, if it doesn't show it, it's not.
0: I guess it was, I guess the movie was good enough for me to make, for my subconscious to make excuses for these errors. Yeah. Which is good.
1: Yeah. Like, I believe you said this earlier, but there's a beginning overhead view of the hotel. Yeah. During that view, there's no maze. Yeah. Which is a big thing.
0: I mean, yeah. Yeah, they could have put one in.
1: Another thing that you notice during this overhead view is you can see a ski lift going up one of the mountains right <gasps> by the hotel. But
0: they said that the hotel is closed in the winter. Yes.
1: Yeah, so they don't why is, do there, skiing? why is there a ski resort right there? What? If, if there's a hotel, like, why aren't they open during the skiing seasons? Yeah. I mean...
0: I mean, their excuse was, oh, we can't get a snowplow up here. Maybe they used to be able to, and so it's an old ski lift.
1: I blame global warming. Too much snow these days. (sighs) (sighs) Or salt. Yeah. During the beginning scene when Jack is being interviewed, Mm -hmm. the pen changes positions on the desk every time they change camera views. Really? And it's not in the same position once, I don't think. Oh my goodness. Like, it's just all over the place. It really
0: shows you that they take a million takes.
1: hmm So when Wendy first interrupts Jack, when he's writing his book, Jack rips out the paper out of his typewriter. Super mad. Crumples it up, throws it on the floor. Yeah. Then Wendy turns around and walks out, and okay. Jack sits down and continues typing on his typewriter on a piece of paper.
0: Which, that's something I was wondering. I didn't see a paper, but I'm wondering if it's just because, like, I thought I saw paper. Maybe it was just shoved so low, and it's just not the right angle. Because I always thought typewriters had the paper stick way out.
1: Well, the thing is, how typewriters work is you load in a single piece of paper. Yeah. You type, you take it out, and you put another one in. Yeah. So the fact that he ripped it out, it means that there wasn't another piece of paper in it. Okay. Also, a big thing that some people notice is the typewriter completely changes. Really? It's the same make and model, but one's white and one's black.
0: Oh, goodness.
1: Which is a they big gonna, difference in color.
0: At least spray-painted or something.
1: I mean, I don't know why. Maybe they broke a typewriter?
0: I mean, probably. With the amount of doors and all of the other stuff that they went through. Sets. I mean... I wouldn't be surprised if it got set on
1: fire. I wouldn't put it past them. Also, during the scene with wendy and the bat another very famous scene from the movie yeah there's a bear rug which decides to disappear and reappear oh yeah and whenever it shows jack talking from his point of view yeah and then whenever it shows wendy talking from her point of view jack's hands are up in one and then when they change to the other point of view his hands are down And every time it does that camera change, his hands go from being up to being down.
0: Oh, so he's just raising the roof. He's... Throwing a party.
1: Apparently. (laughs) During the bar scene. Okay. When he first gets there, he asks the bartender for a nice bourbon. Yeah. The bartender proceeds to pour him Jack Daniels, which is whiskey.
0: Yeah. That's something I wondered about, too. I was like, since when is Jack Daniels bourbon? But...
1: I mean, it's It not. is now. Another scene with Jack and some ghosts is when he's in the bathroom talking to Grady. Yes. After he gets a drink spilled on him, he goes to the bathroom, Grady goes to help him. Yeah. Grady puts a tray down by a sink. Yes. As the camera changes, the tray goes from the second sink to the third sink to the fourth sink. Oh my goodness. And then it goes back and forth a bunch of times.
0: You know what? With all these continuity errors just so subtle like that, I'm wondering if it's... Maybe sometimes on purpose or accidentally on purpose, they're like, you know what, I noticed this, let's leave it, blame it on the hotel.
1: I think that's kind of a cheap excuse to do things that way. Yeah, that's fair. During the scene that the elevator doors open yes. and blood pours out, the elevator doors open from left to right. Yes. But when they're getting a tour of the hotel, they go into the elevator and the door opens from right to left.
0: Oh my goodness, Yes! Good point. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of little errors like that.
1: There's a lot of little ones. There's some big ones. When Jack is locked in the freezer. Yeah. Wendy opens the door from the right side of the freezer. Yes. Then when Jack's in the freezer, it shows the handle to get out by his right hand, which means it would be on the left side of the freezer. So the handle changes sides on the door.
0: Whether you're in or out. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, see, and I noticed that, but I didn't think much of it, because I always thought that, like, the cooler door, the escape handle is kind of in the center, but just off-center.
1: No, it's actually right on the other side of where the handle is.
0: Okay, so they really did mess up.
1: Yeah, because okay. how those doors actually work is when you put the pin in,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: can't open the door by the handle, Yeah, and it locks the handle. But if you're on the inside, that push bar overrides the lock,
0: so yes. you can
1: never get locked inside one of those. Exactly. Unless they've got a giant bolt lock like they did in that movie for some reason.
0: Yeah. And it's like they were trying to keep something in there, which is really weird. Because it's just food in there.
1: I mean, it was designed for it.
0: It was, yeah, it was designed for.
1: Big creepy murder hotel?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, for.
1: Almost like it was a movie set. (sighs) Another big one is when Halloween's on his way back to the hotel to go save Danny. Yes. When it shows the plane landing, he's got clear, beautiful skies. Yeah. Even though all of Colorado is going through a major storm.
0: But he's five hours away where he lands.
1: It shows him getting off the plane being in a snowstorm. Oh. And then going through a snowstorm to get to the town, in which case he gets a snow cat to then go to the hotel.
0: Yikes. Yep.
1: The thing is, it stated all of Colorado's in this giant blizzard. Yes. It's not just where the hotel is, the whole state.
0: Yeah. Jeez.
1: Yeah, and the things like when Jack chops down the door to the bathroom. Yep. It doesn't say red rum across the door.
0: That's what I was thinking. See yeah. all of these things that you're saying, and I'm like, you know what, I did notice that, but like I said, my brain is allowing it.
1: I mean, you're not focusing on this. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't something that you're like.
0: Nobody goes to watch a movie because they want to find continuity errors. You go to watch it because you want to watch the movie.
1: I do. I love that shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's because you watch it for the second or third time, and that's when you go for it.
1: So another thing you kind of notice throughout the movie, if you're really paying attention, is you can see a lot of filming equipment and filming crew throughout the movie. Really? Yeah. Oh. There are a couple different examples of it, and probably... The biggest thing that I feel like most people don't notice, because most people don't watch the credits. Yeah. If you watch through the credits, special effects is spelled wrong. Wait, really? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Which I mean... Not a big deal.
1: Not a big deal. Nobody watches it anyways. Yeah. But they didn't even have enough time... To proofread. To proofread the credits. Let alone... Which I feel like a lot of these continuity errors is not... To show the hotels affecting them.
0: It's because they were being quick.
1: Yeah, it's because they were either being quick, they didn't care. Well,
0: and it can happen a lot more, too, when you have more than a couple editors. Like, when you've got this giant team of editors in at different times with bad communication, then that's when you get a lot of continuity errors because... Somebody will be working on just one little section of a scene, especially on a big project like this when they're trying to get it out really quick. I'm assuming they had a lot of editors on it, right? And just going back and forth, um, that could be part of the problem with the inconsistencies.
1: I feel like another huge problem with the inconsistencies, though, Yes. is the fact that Stanley Kubrick pretty much needed to film every scene at least 40 times.
0: Yeah, because after a while, things are going to start moving around.
1: Yeah, like when they're walking up the stairs, they filmed that scene 127 times. Of course his hands move throughout it. You're not going to do the exact same thing 127 times.
0: Yeah, well, and especially because you do it more than once. And because the director is saying, okay, change this, change that, do this a little bit differently, right? (laughs) And so, of course, it's going to end up different.
1: And let's say like on the first scene, Jack started with his hands up Mm -hmm. and by the last one that they ended up using, his hands has just slowly moved down so much that they're now down. But nobody's noticed because it's happened over 127 times. Yes.
0: So they're all there. They're all watching it. They're all suffering along with him. Not as bad, obviously, but, but, Mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of just slowly getting used to it.
1: Well, and another thing is like when they filmed that scene. Yeah. When it shows Wendy talking, and it shows the back of Jack. Yes. Now, then Wendy proceeds to hit Jack with the bat, and he falls down the stairs. Yes. So I feel like that was actually Jack Nicholson who filmed the scene 127 times.
0: Ah, oh, good point. Because
1: the fact that he then gets hit over the head and falls down the stairs...
0: Because it wouldn't be the actor, it would be a double, right?
1: Yeah, it would obviously be a stunt double. Yeah. So I feel like they were really only torturing now... That. The, the actress at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because uh, Jack probably had to only do like 40 takes or something. And then he's like, okay, bye. I'm the star of the film, so I'm leaving... Mm-hmm. Suffer, lady. Well, like, were they nice to her at the afterwards? Like after all the filming. I don't know. Okay.
1: Another example is when Dick Howland first gets to the hotel. Yeah. He walks in. Jack comes around the corner, hits him in the chest with an axe. Yep. Yeah. They filmed that scene forty times.
0: Oh. Is it a rubber axe?
1: Yes. Okay. Kubrick wanted to film it at least twenty more times. So, Scatman Crothers. The actor who played Dick Halloran yep, is a very elderly man. Okay. And it took a lot out of him. He was crying, begging to stop filming the scene. Oh my god. And Jack Nicholson actually had to convince Stanley Kubrick that they filmed it enough. They no longer need to keep on doing this.
0: Man, yeah. no wonder Stephen King burned down some sets. Maybe he <laughs> knew what was going on.
1: Allegedly.
0: Allegedly, sorry. <laughs>
1: So what do you think you would rate this movie?
0: So I'm going to go with 800 tons of salt out of 900 tons. I think it was pretty good. And with that, keep your shotguns loaded, your chainsaws fueled up, and always remember to double tap.